Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. I wrote this message a year ago, but I've never used it. And I was praying about what to talk about, and I, I felt like the Lord was like, I already gave you what to talk about. So I went and looked at some notes, because I keep sermons that I write, especially if I don't use them. And I was like, this is it. God gave me a sermon a year ago for today. And so buckle up, here we go. So as we begin, especially because this is a brand new year, brand new school year, many of you guys will start school next uh, Monday, tomorrow for the first time all year. Many of you are already back to school, and I'm sorry about that for you. But you guys, it's a brand new year, and I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. I want to give you an understanding of what this place, what this space, what this community is all about. This student ministry, the Woods Edge Student Ministry, is all about that right there. We make disciples. That's our job. We have a lot of fun. We uh, eat some good food together. We go on trips together. We do events together. But our main goal is to make disciples uh, out of ourselves and out of you. We want to train you up in the ways of the Lord so that you understand who God is and who he created you to be. And I've been a believer for a long time now. And I still don't have a full, complete understanding of who God is and who he's created me to be, who he's fashioning me to be. So I always have more to learn. And so do you guys. Um, our goals are to teach God's word and then obey it together. It's not about just some of us. All of us are called to obey God's word. It's about doing life together. It's about praying together. This ministry isn't a little silo of cliques and little pockets of we're a group of friends, but we don't like, like this is community. This is family. You know, sometimes you got a brother or sister and you're just like, get away. But at the end of the day, they're your brother, your sister, and you can't make them go away. And that's us. Like, we're together. We're in this together. And we need each other. And this student ministry needs every single one of you in this room. We can't do what God has called us to do without you. Um, and discipleship doesn't happen overnight. Just because you came to church today and you might hear a good word and you're like, oh, that's true. That doesn't, like, make you a complete disciple. Like, it takes time. It's like working in the dirt and planting a garden like you have a little bit of work here one day and a little bit over here the next day, and it takes like season or seasons to mature. I want to show you guys a, a fun picture. Um, so here's my face and my beard and my no hair. Here's me when I was uh, early 20s, right? So handsome. So I'm at Trafalgar Square in London. It's like the last great American family vacation. And uh, that's me when I first started coming to this church, right, around 1999. And that's my sister on the left, and that's my dad got funnier hair than me but that's my little family my mom's taking the picture and I'll just tell you right there when I first started coming to this church just like many of you just started coming to the student ministry um, I don't know about you but you can see it on my face right I was very snobby when I first came to church I was very self-absorbed um, and I was totally insecure like I'm trying to emanate I've got it all together but inside I, I was scared of the whole world because I didn't know who I was and I really had no idea who God was. And as I said, discipleship takes time. And so I started coming to this church, but immediately when I started coming to this church, somebody said, I see value in you. I want to spend time with you. I want to invest in you. And this guy, my friend Charlie, started discipling me, started teaching me what the Bible meant and how to put it into action. And as I learned more and more about what this book says about not only God, but who he created me to be, you to be, um, I started to be a little less snobby, a little less self-absorbed, and I went from being insecure to secure. And you can expect the same thing to happen in this student ministry, but it doesn't happen overnight. 
you got to be willing to be in this for the long haul. It took me three years with Charlie before I even really opened up and let him know what was going on inside my heart, what I really struggled with. And you know what? That's okay. It took Jesus three years with his disciples. So I kind of like that I had a similar number with those guys. Um, Discipleship is messy. Discipleship community is challenging. Um, And sometimes it takes a little while to build trust. And again, I'm just telling you right now, that's okay. You don't have to be perfect right out of the gate. You don't even have to be perfect at the end of the year, but I hope that you will make some progress. But discipleship takes time, and the only thing I really need from you as your pastor, the only thing I really expect from you guys is to do what I did. I was messy. I was slow to believe what my discipler told me. I was slow to believe God's promises, but I still showed up every day that we met. I still engaged every day that we met. That's all I'm asking of you guys. Show up to church this year. Show up to small groups this year and engage. Like, be willing to believe what I'm talking about and what you hear from your leaders. And it will have an eternal impact on the rest of your lives. Um, Just like the guy who discipled me, just like uh, Woods Edge when I first came here, uh, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I I bungled and hurt people's feelings, but he never gave up on me. And we will never give up on you. Um, He never talked down to me. And I'll never talk down to you. And he never treated me like I was a kid, because I, I was a punk. I was a kid. And you guys, some of you in seventh grade, we will never talk to you guys like your children, because we know that you go through very real things, and you have very real questions, and you're dealing with very real problems. So we will not talk down to you here. We will not talk to you guys like children. Like, you're, many of you, the same age as Jesus' disciples when, they, when Jesus first came along and said, let's go. So for me, you are prime and ready to hear God's word as you are right now. But in order for this to work, again, I'm asking, show up this year. Pre-decide today. I'm going to give this a shot. My ask for you today, commit to giving this student ministry a year. For the school year, just commit. I'm going to come every single Sunday that is possible for me. I'm going to engage in small groups and, like, bear my soul. You guys, not a single one of you will regret that decision. You will grow here. You will have fun here. You'll be blessed here. You'll see the miraculous here. But you got to show up. And you got to engage. And that's my ask for you. Um, so we'll segue a little bit. I was watching Kung Fu Panda Part 3 with my kids last weekend. Anybody seen it? I like the first one better. You always like the first one better. But it's pretty good. And that little mouse rat creature that, like, trains them. What's his name? No, not Uguay. He's the turtle. Shifu. He said something in the beginning of the movie. And I, like, had to pause and rewind it. And my kids are like, no. And I'm like, it's all right. And I wrote it down because it was, like, profound, right? Here's what he said. If you only do what you can do, you will never be more than you are. I love that. That's some great advice, little mouse rat creature. (laughs) If you only do what you can do, you will never do more. You will never be more than you are. And, again, I'm challenging you guys to give us a year because you've got growing up to do just like me. But you could walk out that door today and decide never to come back. And you'd really be settling on, I think I'm fine just the way that I am. Newsflash, you're not. Newsflash, I'm not. Um, Every single one of you guys in this room are more than you are right now. Who wants to have a, a year just as good as last year? Or who wants to have a year this year that's way better than last year? That's what I want. That's what I want for you. So pre-decide, I'm going to give this a shot. I wouldn't be trying to sell this to you if I didn't know it works and it's going to bless you. You guys are more than you settled for. 
So, again, I'm asking you, give me a year. Give Kalen a year. Give your small group leaders a year. Just give us one year and really press in and try, test the things that we challenge you about. I'll tell you something about Jesus, right? If you hear nothing else today, listen to this. I'll tell you something about Jesus. The more we give of ourselves to Jesus, the more of himself that he gives to us. The more we give and sacrifice and surrender to Jesus, our habits, our talents, our failures, our success, the more he gives to us. He will bless your socks off if you will commit, if you will give to him this year. He's got incredible things for every single person in this room, like life-changing, supernatural, miraculous, oh my gosh, things. But he requires that you give a little something. And again, all I'm asking is for a little time. Um, and it's there every day. And if you leave this year and don't come back until next year, that's okay. That's okay. But what is it? What's keeping us from receiving all that God has for us? I thought about that question a lot this week, and I think it's just simple. I think it's fear, right? I think it's fear. I think it's fear of commitment, right? I'm asking a lot of you guys a year, right? So is your school. So is your sport. So is your hobbies. But the returns that you'll receive here are way better than those things. But fear of commitment or fear of the unknown. I don't really know about this place. Why do they have rocks on the stage? He's wearing flip-flops and a bear shirt. I don't get it. Fear of the unknown. I understand that. Fear of past mistakes. Anybody in here ever made a mistake that they're embarrassed about? That thing's crippling you. That's like a chain on your leg. So I understand. It's a little bit fearful of like, I don't know if I want to do this. I've made some mistakes. I don't care. Fear of what people think. Well, what will they think of me? Don't worry about that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to address our fears real fast. I want you to grab that piece of blank white paper underneath you. I want you to grab a pen. I'm going to ask Kalen if he can like turn the AC on because it is hot in here. Can we fix that? Sorry, you guys. Um, I want you to take your piece of paper. Don't put your name on it unless you want to. Um, but I want you guys to write down, and don't look at your neighbor. Look at you. Look at your card. Questions for you. We're going to write down the answers to three questions. If you, don't, if you can't answer one, that's okay. But what's your worst physical fear, right? What's your worst physical fear? It could be like you're afraid of dogs, or you're afraid of spiders, or you're afraid of heights. Go ahead, whatever's coming to you, just write it down simply. You can just do one-word answers if you want. I'll, I'll tell you about mine as you write. Um, my wife and I used to, be, do, used to do a lot of missions work, and we were in Dubai, and it's this super wealthy city with all these giant skyscrapers. And we get in this elevator, and we're going to go way up to the top of this building and look out over the city. Um, and I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with is, like, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of, like, open spaces where I don't have any, like, depth perception. Like when I drive over the bridge to Galveston, I'm like, just I have to look straight or I freak out. Well, I'm in this elevator in the lobby of this building, and it starts going up one floor, two floor, three floor. There's like 60 floors. And after the fifth floor, the, the elevator just goes out of the ceiling, and now we're on the side of this skyscraper, and it's entirely made of glass, and the floor is made of glass. And I, am just hang I feel like I'm hanging off the side of the skyscraper for 50 floors. And Brooke is like, pretty. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. I'm scared of open spaces. I think there's a name for it. I don't know what it is. All right. I just wanted to be a little vulnerable and share some fears. All right. Question number two. Again, don't worry about your neighbor, but you just write this down. But what's your worst emotional fear? All right. It could be rejection. I, I, nobody likes rejection. It could be humiliation, right? The, like the dream where you show up for your first day of school and you're like, oh, I forgot my pants. Right? 
It could be that. It could be um, abandonment. Like, you know, you're afraid of being left behind. I remember when my family went to the store one time, and I was just old enough to stay on my, at the house by myself, and they're like, do you want to come? And I'm like, no, because I didn't. And they're like, all right, we'll leave you here. And they get in the car, and I'm just like, oh, mommy, right? I said, I freaked out. And so abandonment might be your fear. Um, what's your worst emotional fear? Like, what's, what's a fear you have of, like, a feeling? Write that down. I'll tell you. No, I can't. I don't have enough time. All right. I got more. Last question. What's your worst spiritual fear? All right? You might have to think about this one. But what's your worst spiritual fear? It could be that you're not good enough in the eyes of God, right? I, I've wrestled with that. I'm not good enough. Uh, he's no way he'll use me. I'm not good enough. Uh, it could be uh, I'm unforgivable, right? The, the mistakes I've made are too gross and dirty, and God can never use me. He doesn't love me because of what I've done. That might be your fear. Or it could be real simple, and, and be honest, but like, I don't know if I'm saved. That's a huge question. I was a believer, and I know that now, for years. And I was like, am I really saved? I don't know. So that could be your fear. Or it could be something else entirely. So you write those down. Fold you a little piece of paper. We're going to deal with it later. Okay. We're going to read and discuss a passage. John chapter 4, 7 through 19. This is the story of the woman at the well. It's a very famous passage. You may have read it before. I want you, as I read this passage and then we discuss it, to listen if God is answering you, if he's responding to you about the fears or fear that you wrote down. So I'm just going to read through this nice and quick. I'm going to drink some water first. I wish I had like some, some elevator music as I, as I talk. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm going to do it again. Bring it on. I feel like that's Jeopardy, but still, I'll take it. Okay, you guys. John chapter 4, 7 through 19 says this. One day... A Samaritan woman came to draw water from a well where Jesus was sitting. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was there alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Pizza run. The woman was surprised for Jews, Jewish people, Jesus was Jewish, that refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, girl, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope, you don't got a bucket, she said. This well is very deep. Where are you going to get this living water? And besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. Give me some of that. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me some of that. Give me this water. And then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come all the way out here to get water. Awkward pause. Jesus says, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. The woman replied, and Jesus said, 
you're right. For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married. To the man you're living with, sleeping with, right now. So you certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Like, you're right. You just told me, like, my, how do you know that? You must be a prophet of God. All right. Here's what we're going to take away from those awesome passages. There's a lot in here that we could talk about. But here's the points we're going to focus on today. One day, a Samaritan woman came to draw water from a well where Jesus was sitting. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. What does that say to me? What does that say to you today, right now? This is what Jesus is saying to you from this story written thousands of years ago right now. Jesus wants something from every one of you. Jesus wants something from us. What does he want? Does he want us to go get a cup of water? No. He wants to spend time with you. Because that's all he and the woman did at the end of the day. They never even gave each other. They just hung out at the well and they talked. Jesus wants to spend time with you. That's what he wants from you this year. Jesus wants to talk with you alone. Like they were, it was just the two of them in this beautiful private place with this well. Nobody else around. And they're just chilling, shooting the breeze and talking. That's what Jesus wants from you, with you this year. That's all that he wants. And that's all we want too. We just want to spend time with you guys this year. We want to hang out with you on Sundays. We want to hang out with you on Wednesdays. We want to eat pizza. We want to play volleyball. We want to chill. We want to talk to you about the Bible. We want to pray with you. We want to celebrate when you get an A on your test or go to the Olympics like Cassidy did. That's all we want. The woman was surprised by this, right? You want to hang out with me? For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So she said to Jesus, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me to, for a drink? Why are you talking to me even? Here's what I take from that. Jesus doesn't reject anybody. Jesus doesn't reject anybody, and you will never be rejected in here. The significance that this woman was a Samaritan. You don't know what that is. You should read up on it. But here's some few things about Samaritans. Samaritans did not feel that they belonged. And maybe you're in this room right now and you're like, I don't really know if I belong here. Like if they knew what I did last night, right? I feel like that coming in here sometimes. I don't belong here. I don't belong in this stage. I don't even have a college degree. And they're listening to me. Maybe you feel like you don't belong like the Samaritans. Uh, they had a shady past. Maybe you have a shady past. I got a super shady past. If you were in my past, I'd even be able to see you. It's super dark in there. Um... Samaritans did not know much about God. They had some ideas, but they weren't really true. They weren't really right. And maybe you have some ideas about God that aren't really true or aren't really right. Or maybe you're just like, it's like a piece of wood. And like, you know, oh, like I don't get it. Do you get a harp when you go up? I don't know. And then finally, because they didn't know much about God, because they didn't feel like they belonged, they were hostile toward God and God's people. But what's the significance that Jesus would sit down with this person that was hostile against him, didn't know anything about him, um, had made tons of mistakes, that he would sit down and be like, let's chill, let's talk. Here's what Jesus is saying to you and me today in the fact that he sat down with that woman. He's saying, I want you. I want you just the way you are, warts and all, right now. I want you. I'm never going to judge you by your past. Um, 
I don't care how much you know or think you know about the Bible. I care about what's in your heart. Jesus is never going to be impressed with you being able to recite uh, the entirety of Psalm 46 by memory. Although, I'll say, that's pretty awesome, and I'd love for you to do it. But that's not what impresses him. What impresses him is that you're willing to sit down and hang out with him. And then, lastly, Jesus can handle whatever hate or hurt or confusion you ever come in here with. Whether it's today or six months from now, if something happens in life and you're like, what is that? He can handle it. He can handle it. People may reject you. Little groups at school, and I hope never here. If I find out about it here, you're going to be hearing from me. Little cliques, they may reject you, but Jesus will never reject you, and we will never make you feel rejected here. And that's awesome. I need that, right? Why are you wanting to spend time with me? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who it is that you're speaking to right this second, you would ask me and I would give you living water. What's the main point for us there? It's this. We need, you need, I need to stop settling for some dirty old well water. Right? We need to stop settling. Jesus is saying to you today, if you only knew what you've been settling for, I've got this for you, and you're settling for this. Show me my picture. All right, which one of those will you drink if you're thirsty? It's pretty obvious. That's well water from a well, I think, in Uganda, and that's the best they've got on the left there. That's the best they have, and they're thankful for it, and it's water, and it's good. But, I mean, that's funky town. Like, I would not drink that. Check it out. I got a glass of water here, right? Let's pretend I just went outside and just scooped this out of the ground, which is basically what they're doing there, which is basically what that lady's doing with Jesus. They're pulling water to the ground. There's dirt and funk. There's a little too many pine needles in this. We'll have to fix that for next service. But, like, do you want to drink this? Drink this. Drink it. No, don't really drink. drink. You, you ruined my thing, man. No, I will never let you drink this. Because this is funky, and you could end up with all kinds of stuff. Like, there's probably Ebola and Zika, and, like, Kalen touched this. So, like, who knows? I don't even know if he washes his hands. But, you guys, that's what you settle for. That's what I settle for when I spend an entire day just playing video games, and then I'm like, like I can't think, right? That's what we settle for. We could have done something miraculous with our time, and we settled for that. We could have come to church, but instead we sleep in. You'll sleep when you're dead. You guys, we settle, show me my water. We settle for that mud water, and Jesus is like, if you only knew what I have for you. What else do I have to say about that? God knows that we are thirsty. Every single one of you in this room is thirsty for something, and it ain't no cup of water. You're thirsty for what I'm thirsty for. What's my identity? Why am I on this planet? What's the meaning of life? Like, those are questions that you will find the answers to in this book. But we settle. We settle for way less than that. What am I thirsty for? A place where I can be known and know other people. This place. And Jesus is like, just ask for it. Ask for your identity. Ask for your purpose. Ask for a better year than last year. I'll give it to you. I'm just waiting. 
I'm just waiting for you to ask. How does this lady respond? But sir, you don't have a rope. You don't have a bucket. This well is very deep. Where would you even get this living water? And besides, do you think that you're greater than Jacob, who is just a man? What does that tell me? It tells me this. Jesus is not afraid of our questions. Jesus is not afraid when we challenge him. Jesus is not intimidated when he says something to us and we're like, but, 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 which I do all the time. And so what does that tell me even more? It tells me this. It's natural to be a little suspect. It's normal to think that we don't really need anything, especially in this community. I got everything I need. I got a roof over my head. I know where my lunch is coming from. I don't really need anything. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You're put on this earth for more than just pizza and football and the Olympics and being good at chess or whatever. Anybody good at chess? I like chess. Anybody like chess? What's up? My people. All right. Or being good at math. Anybody good at math? Freaks. All right. You guys were put on this earth for more than that. And it's safe to question Jesus and to challenge him and be like, really? And I want you to know that about this place. This is a safe place for you to ask questions. This is a safe place for you to not, I don't get it. It is, you'll never be laughed at for asking a dumb question here, right? There's no dumb questions. Because questions in themselves are great. So ask all the questions you want. Not during the sermon, but after. But particularly like in small groups. This is a safe place to ask questions. This is a safe place for you to share your fears. What else does this little passage tell me about Jesus and this woman? Jesus and us. This is a safe place to share your fears. Because that's what this woman is doing. And that's a big deal to share your fears. Nobody wants to... Oh, no, I'm fine. Just don't look in the closet. Don't look under the bed. Don't look under there. This is a safe place to do that. And this woman, that's what she's doing. She's afraid to share her fears because she can sense there's more going on in this conversation with this dude at the well than, like, a typical, like, you got a drink? She knows there's something more going on, and she's scared of it. So she's, like, testing the fences like a raptor, right? And there's more going on here than just some dude in flip-flops ranting and raving. There's something spiritual going on when we gather together. There's something enormous and powerful when we worship, when we pray, when we like say, I'm going to dedicate every Wednesday of my year to sitting down and talking about Scripture with other people and just see what happens. There's more going on. She knew it. I think you know it. And I love her response. You don't even have a bucket. You don't even have a rope. What's she saying? She's saying, you're proposing the impossible, that you can satisfy my needs, that you can make me content. And that's exactly what he's saying. Yeah, I can totally do that. Didn't you know? I'm Jesus Christ. I'm God's son. I died and came back to life. Imagine what he could do for you. Jesus replied to her questions. Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But for those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life what does that say to me what's jesus saying to you today right now through that verse he's saying if you will just ask for your hopes your dreams for god to cancel out your fears if you will just ask i want a place to call my own he will give it to you and then some the gifts of god are so much greater than we can possibly imagine jesus is saying to us you can't even begin to comprehend the year I have in store for you if you'll just ask, if you'll just lay down your fears. You can't even comprehend. You think I'm offering you like a smile on Sunday. I'm offering you eternal peace, joy, and power. I want some 
of that, then that's what Jesus is offering to every single person in this room that's listening to me. I mean, we're talking about the supernatural here, right? Answers to prayer, healings, signs, visions, the miraculous. For those of you that are new here, for those of you that have been around but haven't seen it, ask around. I look around this room. There are people in this room that have witnessed healings this year as a part of being part of this community and, and worshiping Jesus and obeying, like certified healings. I've seen and people here have seen uh, angels during worship in this room. They've heard from the Lord. Like I heard something when you were talking. I heard something when I was praying. I heard something, a voice. There was nobody there. It's happening. It's going on. It's what Jesus promises. They've experienced life-changing forgiveness. They've experienced worship that like transforms the way that they see themselves in God. Like supernatural stuff is going on. That's what God's at. He's not inviting you to be like, come sit in the pretty black chair and watch God. Like supernatural things are happening in this ministry. And Jesus is like, get some. Come get some. Just ask. So she realizes, all right, he's offering me like something awesome. And she said, please, sir, give it, give it to me. Bring it on. I want it. Give me this water that you're talking about. And then I'll never be thirsty again. I'll never question who I am again, my purpose again. I'll never be afraid in a room full of strangers again. Give it to me. And then Jesus, he, he stops. He goes, well, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. You're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and the man you're married to, or the man you're with now is not your husband either. So you certainly spoke the truth. And this goes back to, again, what we started with. This is all I'm asking from you guys. Jesus knows our junk, right? If you think you're hiding something from me, you're probably right. I'm a very obtuse person sometimes. But you, don't, you can't hide anything from God. And Jesus knows your junk, whether you tell him or not. And he is not scared of your junk. He's not intimidated by your mistakes or your garbage. Whatever you came in here with, whatever you feel like you need to hide, whatever you did this past summer. Jesus is not freaked out by that. Jesus doesn't judge you for that. Jesus will never reject you for that. Your junk does not scare Jesus and it will not scare us. We are not intimidated by the best thing you've done and certainly not the worst thing you've done. Um, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Sir, you're right. Sir, I believe you. Sir, what you are saying to me right now, I know is true in my heart. We need to accept the truth of what we hear from this book. The truth that God reveals to us in prayer. The truth that we feel when we worship in this place. This is all I'm asking from anyone in this room this year. When you are confronted with the truth this year, own it. Acknowledge it. Be real and authentic in your groups. That's all that Jesus expects from us to receive what he has for us. That's what we expect from you, and that's what you can expect from us. We will always tell you the truth, even when it hurts, because we love you. We love you. We're not going to lie to you. We're going to string you along. We're going to tell you the truth. Accept it. Receive it. I will never get up here and knowingly lie to you about anything, and no one else that I will let speak up here will do it either. So, this is what we're offering to you guys. We're offering you community. We're offering you um, a better understanding of who God is and who he created you to be. We're offering you like $3 pizza. Come on. We're offering you like life, supernatural experiences, a place that's safe for you to be yourself, whether you're awesome or horrible that day. What's stopping you? What are you afraid of? 
What's keeping you from saying, yeah, I want that. I want to know God more. I want to experience some super. I don't even understand it, but I want it. You done something bad. You made a mistake. You got an addiction. I don't care. Jesus doesn't care. He's like, come as you are. Set down your fears. When I first came to Jesus, when I first started attending this church in 1999, I was kind of a piece of garbage. Um, I was was an alcoholic. I partied all the time. I only cared about myself. I was a compulsive liar. I had an anger problem. I'd like hit doors when I lost my temper and break my hand. Awesome. I was so insecure I could hardly speak, right? I'd just stand in the corner trying to look cool, hoping nobody would talk to me because I'm like, I don't have anything to say. That's what I was like when I first came here. And Jesus didn't judge me, and this church didn't judge me. They just loved me, and they told me the truth in love. And again, that's, that's what we're offering you. We will love you where you're at, and we will tell you the truth in love for as long as you choose to be a part of this community. I hope you take it. I hope you accept it and receive it. Band, hop up here. We're going to respond to what we've heard today. Um, so we started off by writing down our fears, right? Physical fears, emotional fears, spiritual fears. We're going to close by giving those fears to Jesus. Who wants to walk through this year afraid? No. Who wants to walk through this year with joy, with peace, with confidence, walking in the hall like, I own this place, right? I will love any of you where you're at because I know how loved I I want that. And I want that for you. So here's what we're going to do. Bow your heads for me. Maybe have your pen and paper handy. I'm going to ask you a question that I want you to ask the Lord. And as I ask it to you, if you hear something, if you see something, if you feel something, write it down. Here's a question. Ask God, what's keeping me from receiving all that you want to give me? What's keeping me from receiving all that you want to give me? God wants to bless your socks off this year. God wants to help you ace that test. God wants to help you make that friend that you're going to have as a friend for the rest of your life. God wants to use you to pray for somebody and bring them to Jesus. God wants to use you to heal somebody. God wants to use you as an encourager. God wants you to identify yourself as more than a conqueror. But something's keeping you from going all in. Ask God, what is it? Fear, shame, guilt, I don't know. But ask him that question and write down what he says in response. Write down what comes into your mind. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Student.